Welcome, everybody, to the Anxious Note podcast. It's our jazz podcast. We already mm-hmm. said, I mean, if you're listening to this, you just jumped over from our other one that we told you to move on from. Or if you listen to this one first, you better go, go listen, listen to, to the other one. And then after just this. do it in another circle know, and just wrap around. What we're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what's just going on. If you're yeah. listening to this right now, after this podcast, go listen to Offfield Generals. If you're real. You'll just get, if you're a real one. If you're a real you'll one. You'll just get stuck do in it. the cycle. Do it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, new podcast, there talking some Utah jazz. Mm-hmm. We figured that... One thing we can all agree on. Yes. That's right. Thank God. Talmadge also <laughs> will be in and out on this podcast. Um, but, I mean, we talked about how we wanted to do some jazz coverage, but we also, you know, our other listeners and the Offfield Generals podcast, not all of them are jazz fans. Nope. You can't just assume. It's 2019. I mean, you if you live in Utah, assume. you should be. assume their favorite sports team? Well, like... <laughs> if I you live gonna... in Utah, the Jazz should be your team. Well, like 2% of our listeners are from France, which, Rudy Gobert, you can come listen to this as well. That's there you right. go. But we wanted to do a specific Jazz-only podcast. This one's going to be a little bit shorter. We want to keep it roughly like 30 minutes tops. It's kind of our goal. Uh, uh, bi-weekly, every other week sit down, break down the previous two weeks of jazz season. This one, there's a lot. We got a lot to pack into oh, this 30-minute, yeah. hopefully, po- hopefully 30-minute, we'll see, podcast about the Utah Jazz. <clears throat> um, so let's just get started. Jazz season kicked off last Wednesday, almost a week ago today. We could go probably from today, if you're listening to this, Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, which is probably when you're going to be listening to this. One week ago, the Jazz kicked off the season against the Thunder, Got the dub. However, we want to kick it off with some off-season stuff that happened first. Number one, Joe Ingles, Devin, signed a one-year contract extension worth $14 million. Extends him with the Jazz through the 2022 season. What was your thoughts when you first saw this? Your instant reaction? Kind of what have you, since you've had about 10 days to kind of digest it, your thoughts on a, really a meaningless extension because he was already under contract with the Jazz for a couple more years after the season but just extends him that one more year. I mean, I was excited. I mean, what can a one-year contract extension hurt? I think he's deserved it. He's, uh, I mean, his first season was a little rough in Utah, but he's really come out of it, and he's really been a key factor into why the Jazz win defensively and offensively. So I think he deserves it, and I, I was excited. You know, I had, I had nothing wrong with it. I just only smiles. It was all smiles when I saw that, and still am. There you go, Alex. You're, what do you think? Do you think this is a smart idea by the Jazz? What does it do for them as a team? What does it do for Joe Ingles? Kind of just your instant reaction. I think it was smart. I mean, my first reaction, I was just like, let's go Joe Jangles. Like, I was, <laughs> you know, I was I was stoked for him. For him, it's great. I mean, I, we all know he loves playing here. He loves the people who he's around. And I think that's what I think the Jazz are looking for. They're looking for players that are like that. And so I think that's why it's meaningful for them to sign him for that extension because you want guys around that are like that even if the, you know maybe like down the road like he's not gonna give as much playing time depending on what happens like who knows like that's not i don't i doubt it but yeah. like that's those are the type of guys you want around joe, and, yeah and it, joe's a great locker room guy i mean exactly. you saw yeah. it the last couple of seasons you know kind of mentoring donovan mitchell right. as he's come up into the league i mean Derek favors he leaves to new orleans the new orleans pelicans play the jazz this offseason in a pre or this preseason in a game Derek Favors talks to the jazz media, specifically singles out Joe as the guy that he's going to miss the most. Right. right. I mean, and that just goes to show kind of what Joe means to this locker room. Hasn't been the best start to the season for Joe. 
Right. I mean, I don't know. I think everyone's so just getting worse. used to it. <laughs> yeah, I give Joe certainly give Joe a pass to kind of his play to start the season because he is shifting into a new role, right? I mean, yeah, he loses his starting spot in the starting lineup to Bojan. So he suddenly becomes this sixth man. So he's has to, and I mean, whether you believe it or not, transitioning to a starter starting the game to having to come off the bench midway through the first quarter and go from, you know, because normally when you're a starter, you warm up and then you start the game. But coming off the bench, you got to warm up and then you go and you sit for probably 15 minutes, including, you know, timeouts and dead ball and everything. Probably sitting on the bench for 15 minutes, you get cold and then you have to come back in and you're instantly expected to, you know, heat back up again. And that's what's made guys like Jamal Crawford and Lou Williams so great is because they are able to do that and they're able to come in and make an impact right away coming off the bench. Joe Ingles, it's going to take some time for him to be able to do that. Right. But essentially what this contract does, right, is it means that Joe Ingles is going to retire a jazz man. Yep. Because this contract's going to take him into, I think, age 34 season. Maybe even more than that. I don't know exactly what age Joe yeah. is right now. Do you think now. he'll go back to I Australia? Mean, he's been 40 for reti- a while. I think he just retires. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's been 40 for a while. We all know yeah. this. So, so I, th- really what this means is that Joe Ingles is going to retire as a member of the Jazz. Yeah. It doesn't really do a whole lot in terms of like free agency, contracts, you know, roster, uh, setup. It just allows Joe. He probably went to the Jazz and said, I want to play till, you know, 2022, the end of the 2022 season. And then I'm going to retire. And the Jazz said, okay, well, let's just give you this one year deal. Extend you through that, then you can retire, go raise your family, do it, you know, be do with your wife, be with your wife, mm-hmm. go to Australia, move back to Australia, and you know, do your thing. So great news for Joe! Congratulations to Joe! Uh, hats off move by the Jazz as well. Right. Um, although Joe's not the only player who got an extension the last couple of weeks, the Jazz also announced that Quinn Snyder, head coach, got him. They, I don't think the exact deals of the extension have been announced, which is weird. But me, just but a significant extension. Right. Well, I've I've seen his house up in the Cove, and it's a good extension. He's yeah. making good money. <laughs> well, the money stuff comes secondary for me as a Jazz fan because you know the years is what I would like to know. Right, I want right, to know. Right. Well, you know how many more years is Quinn under contract for? I want him as long as we can have him. Yeah, and coaches are different in the NBA. It's not like players where it's yeah. like, oh, in another four years, we're going to have to renegotiate Quinn's contract or he might go to L.A. No, because they're like, look what I built. I can't let go of this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you saw. This is my legacy. Yeah. This is yeah. where I got to be. And you saw the reaction from guys like Rudy who said he wouldn't want to play for anyone else. Yep. You know, and it, Quinn's obviously a, a coach that the players really respect. And you saw this offseason players coming to Utah because they wanted to play for Quinn Snyder. I mean, Emmanuel Moutier pointed out Quinn's ability to develop talent and the Jazz ability to develop talent and highlighted Quinn as a reason for coming to the Jazz. Jeff Green, I'm sure, didn't wouldn't have picked Utah if they were being coached by some slob. You know, these are guys who are coming to Utah, yes, because we have Donovan and Rudy and because we are a championship-caliber team, but also they're picking Utah because they want to play for Quinn Snyder. Yeah. And the players already here want to play for Quinn Snyder. And it just shows the respect that he has for them, too, when he mentioned that he'd feel sick in his stomach to watch that team being coached by anyone else. Yeah. Just the mutual respect and the mutual appreciation that, you know, the players and Quinn Snyder and the team 
have for each other. Mm. Just the organization as a whole, you know, there's not many other NBA franchises where you can say, you know, top down in the whole organization, everyone respects and appreciates each other and they want to play and work and coach for each other. That's something you can say about the Jazz. I did want to have the discussion, where does Quinn rank amongst NBA coaches? Like current? Is he top three? Is he top five? Like current NBA coaches, where does Quinn rank? I think he's top three. So who? What? What would be your top three then? Um, I'd put him at three. Okay. I mean, Who's last ahead? year I would have said Brad Stevens is above him. I think you could still probably make you could that still make argument. That argument. I, feel I think, that's last so I think year, starting yeah. three, it's him. Second, Brad Stevens, and then first. I don't know. I mean Popovich. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You Popovich, got, Popovich, Popovich should just Rivers. be slated. Like yeah, you have Popovich, you have Doc I Rivers. I still can't say Doc Rivers, though. Eric Spolstra. Popovich I, because Steve, he's Steve well, what he gets out of his players. Listen, Doc I, Rivers does. I mean, Popovich has to be number one. Celtics. I give him Celtics, top five. Doc Rivers, yes. I would say he's top five. Three. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not giving him three. I'll give him five. Top five, I think. I don't know. He gets, he gets every inch out of his players, man. Like... Not a lot of coaches can get out of a player what he gets. And he does come from the Popovich coaching tree. That's true. I mean, the Popovich coaching tree is vast. Yeah, and it's crazy. <laughs> complex. But yeah, I mean, you got to look. You Popovich, I mean, whether Popovich is still the number one coach in the league. He's just slated. You he's have slated until he's retired. One. He's yeah, slated until he, re- he retires. Popovich number one. And then there's a whole bunch of guys that you could put in a I whole bunch Kurt, of orders. Kerr you could put two right now. We'll see how Steve Kerr does this year. The fact that he's actually going to have to coach. Yeah, he can't not, just say I'm not gonna, just going to walk. He into can't it. just he can't just roll out a starting five of all stars and win. He's get, we'll see Steve really how good of a coach Steve Kerr is. Um, man, we were high on the Warriors and they. I mean, they're a G League team with Steph. Oh, it's Steph and a goodness. G League team. Steph Awful. and D'Lo and a G League team. I think they've fallen out of all of our playoff ranking. I mean, geez. Um, but Steve Kerr, you could argue, is up there. Eric Spolster probably has to be up there in the yeah. top five. Uh, Brad Stevens certainly is one of the best basketball minds in the NBA. Um, Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers. Uh, so it's hard. Nate McMillan in it's Indiana. Like, so that's why it's hard to be, like, you know, confident. Even It's hard to even really be, like, confident in the top five, but I've given him the I top five. I would give him top five. Yeah. I mean, even I, the fact five. that... But he's five. The off fact the, that he's top five where he's at right now is very impressive. Yeah. And just where we were with Ty Corbin to now yeah. having... <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> I mean, how many, <clears throat> how many coaches do you hire from, like, the G League that within their first five years of their NBA head coaching career are considered top five coaches in the NBA? Not many. So, the, I mean, that just goes to show how great of a coach Quinn Snyder is. Um, he also surrounds himself with good people. Yeah, that's true. I mean, his coaching staff, I mean, you've already seen guys go on to, you know, get promoted within yeah. the league. Igor uh, should have had a longer run with Phoenix than just one year. Um, but you see, you know, assistant coach go on there. You have, um, I can't remember his name, but an assistant coach got promoted and hired on the Cleveland Cavaliers staff. So you're seeing already the Quinn Snyder coaching tree kind of start to 
you know, out, yeah. put down roots and start to slowly grow. Devin, something that you pointed out. So you, we have the Joe Ingles extension. We have the Quinn Snyder extension. The third piece of huge news that broke just before the Jazz season started. Devin, you touched on it in the Off-Field Generals podcast, but the Utah Jazz, Salt Lake City, hosting the 2023 Olympics. That's big. The Olympics. You mean the All-Star Game? Not the Olympics. The All-Star Game. They My will bad. get the Olympics later. 2030 Olympics. Yeah. Let's do this. But 2023 NBA All-Star Game. I think it's huge. Um, I think it just goes to show, and I mean, I know there's probably... Jazz are just low in the pecking order, and the fact that they gave Salt Lake the All-Star Game, it's pretty cool. It will be the 30th year anniversary of the last time the Jazz hosted the All-Star Game. <laughs> Which shows the Jazz are at the bottom of the pecking Yeah, well, I mean, just kind of naturally how it should flow. I mean, there's 30, yeah, te- there's 30 teams right. in the NBA, 30 years. You're right. You really should get it every, once every 30 years. Now, of course, teams like L.A., New York... You know, those cities are probably going to get it a little more often than every 30 years. Right. But, you know, 30 years is pretty standard for a small market team like the Jazz. And following the renovations they did on the stadium, I mean, Adam Silver pointed to that as being, you know, a major reason. And one of the most major reasons of why the NBA decided to come back to Salt Lake was because of the arena renovations. And, you know, Salt Lake also has shown the ability to host large-scale events like the Olympics in twenty or 2002. Mm-hmm. Uh, general Conference. General Conference. <laughs> Just General Conference. Hey, Kanye you, Sunday hey, Service. Hey, us Mormons, we know how to gather. Do we you know think how to gather. that it comes that they would well, that they would want to have the All-Star Game here if we didn't have Rudy or Donald Mitchell? Do you think if we didn't, let's say we didn't have those two guys, do you have I two potential All-Stars? I mean, that helps, right? But because honestly, mean, I having it in I don't, Chicago, I don't think. But I, I don't think they come here. I think Chicago, just because, like, I mean, you, I mean, you had it in New Orleans a couple of years ago. And they had Anthony Davis. Honestly, I was looking at it. I just think it's just kind of like the Jazz's turn. It's the Jazz's turn. Obviously, that helps when there's an excitement around a team and around a franchise. Right. And obviously, that's contagious, and that can reach a executive level in the NBA, where they think, yeah, that would be fun. There's a lot of buzz around Salt Lake right now in terms of the NBA and the Jazz. But I think the number one reason was, A, it's our turn. It's been 30 years. B, we just did millions of dollars of renovating to our stadium. So we have the one of the nicest and newest stadiums in the NBA. Come check it out before it kind of, you know, is surpassed by other teams because it's just a constant yeah, arena renovations going on in the NBA. You know, five years from now, who knows? Uh, I mean, I guess Sacramento just barely did a renovation, but five years from now, you know, Charlotte does a big renovation, or Milwaukee. I guess Milwaukee just barely got a new stadium too. But that just goes to show what I'm saying is like teams are constantly upgrading their stadiums, so you kind of have to catch it at the right time before the Jazz renovations become, you know. Old news. Old, yeah, old in the past. And the stadium suddenly needs to be renovated again 10 years from now. Let me ask you this. Do you think that this gives Donovan Mitchell and or Rudy Gobert a slight in to I mean, the All-Star game? One of them has to be an All-Star in 2023, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, if they're not, then that's, a always, set, then that's a crashing career. Yeah. I mean, they should regardless. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, NBA, Donovan Mitchell... NBA All-Star Game in Salt Lake or not should be an All-Star by 2023, right? He, he should be an All-Star before then. 
I, ideally, but he should be a multi-time All-Star yes. by 2023. Yes. He should be like a consistent guy. Like every year he's yeah. going to be an All-Star. But yeah, I mean, it kind of gives you a leg up. Obviously, the NBA is going to want to highlight. Yeah, the, have a home, time, home team. Yeah, because home Jazz fans aren't going to flock. I mean, they're going to flock to the stadium for the All-Star game regardless. But just think of how much more they would get excited if it's come see Donovan against Zion Williamson in the NBA All-Star game. Yeah. You know, team, team Mitchell versus Team Williamson. We can all boo LeBron together. I mean, is he, I, he might still be playing. He'll still be playing. He wants to play until his son plays. In like four years from now, though? I mean, four years. Yeah, four years. I mean, he's just, that's, when his son, that's when his son will get out. Yeah. If his son makes it. Yeah, four years is quite the time, though. We'll see. I mean, it's going to be such a new... I mean, it's going to be Luka Doncic. It's going to be Trey Young. It's going to be Donovan Mitchell. It's going to be all these young, new players who are now all-stars. It's going to be an interesting... The NBA landscape is going to be so different yeah, by the time they come to Salt Lake. Um, but let's move on to what's happened this last week in the Jazz season. They beat the Thunder opening night. Not a pretty game. Oh, Offense. I mean, preseason, Devin, we and you went to a preseason game <laughs> together, so we can t- speak to this. Defensively, we were worried. Very worried. Yeah, I, t- I was at the uh, Sacra- the Kings game, yeah. the last one. Yeah. At Wolf. Not not the regular season Kings game. No, I'm the preseason. But preseason Kings. Wolf. I mean, regular, they, regular season Kings. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think Rudy was. I don't think he cared. I don't think he was I don't actually think trying. The effort and like the energy was there preseason. No, I don't. Which think is understandable. It's preseason. Yeah, it's like, like you're not going to get up for. And you're not trying to get hurt. Yeah. Going um, hard. Especially with the expectations that the Jazz have this season, they're not going to go all out to try to hopefully be the Kings in a meaningless preseason game. Yeah. However. Defense really has been the only thing that's working for the Jazz yeah. thus far in the season. Defensively, they've held every opponent to 95 or less points. The you beat OKC on opening night in front of your home uh, crowd. Mike Conley looked very bad. Oh, my and gosh. He was, what was he, like one for 17 that game? One for 16. One for 16 Guy, that game. Oh, jeez. It's like he forgot how to play basketball. It's been so yeah. awful. I think he'll because well, then he was like it, four for it was like four for twenty seven after game mm. two. The Lakers game, I don't know what he was, but the Lakers game, the offense just looked bad. And I it wasn't just him in the Lakers game. Yeah, no. uh, Lakers game, everyone was bad. I mean, you didn't have Bojan, which is, has come. And in the, the Lakers, I'll give. You, I mean, it's the Lakers. It's their first home game. I know their first their first game this season was on the road against the Clippers in their own stadium. But it was their first like considered home game on national TV with uh, the debut of Anthony Davis and LeBron at home. So they were obviously going to get up for that. The Jazz, it was on the road. First night of a back-to-back, no Bowie on. Whatever. Pass. Okay? Give them a pass on that. Bad performance. They come back home the very next night and light it up. Up! Oh my goodness! Against Sacramento, but that's Con- how our offense is supposed to be. That's how Did you Conley know if we run points? right. Conley had like twelve points that game. Yeah. So you're like, oh, he's coming in. He's yeah, coming he's fine. In too. Yeah, I think he had like eight assists. Yeah. So you're thinking he's gonna, he's starting to find his footing. Boyan was being Boyan. Boyan has been. He's found his footing. <laughs> yeah, Boyan's awesome. Uh, but then Phoenix. They looked uh, arguably worse than they did against LA. They it get was the win. Ridiculous. Barely it was such they an ugly win. game. That was like one of the ugliest games I've honestly ever watched. But I mean you had ten turnovers in the second quarter alone. 
Donovan shot, I think, 8 for 24. Rudy did not do shoot well at all. Unless he was at the free throw line. Rudy, 90% My on the goodness. season from the three free goodness. throw line. Um, Mike Conley again. Mike Conley looked worse than Rubio. <laughs> Which was in, blew my mind. I was like, Rubio, what are you? We might have if we should have kept Rubio. No, some people were asking. No, every, everyone some needs to pump the brakes, though. Pump some the brakes. People, it's four some, games hey, in. Listen, some and some people, you know, are Dolphins fans, and some people smoke weed on a Sunday. Like you know, it's uh, yeah. They're they're those type. They're high. Like it's just it yeah. is what it is. And also that being said, I don't think people realize they don't look back at the times in the first thirty games when we were like, is this really Ricky Rubio? Like we yeah. got Ricky Rubio, this guy stinks. Here's my question, and I'll pose. I get I'll pose this question to you guys now. It's kind of a good lead into our ne- the next question I had for you guys. How long do you give Mike Conley before you f- are really like, okay, I'm worried. Fifteen games. Okay, fifteen that's, to twenty games. That's that's my threshold. I was gonna say twenty games. Because, 20 games is a lot. But I think that's what's going to have to take. Because, listen, he's just I mean, been... 20 games takes you to, like, Christmas. And, well, and well, and the reason being is because he's been such a good player in the past. And he's done great things. So it's like, maybe he really does just need some time. End of November. But it's just... I, like, I thought Christmas. But it's just... And that's the thing, though. So it's just like, <laughs> I feel like if since he's such a, you know, high-caliber player that you need to, like, see what happens, give him a little bit more time, and hopefully it works out, but... Here's the thing with Conley. It's his first time ever. Exactly. It's just hard, man. First time ever. And you know he sees what the fans You know he sees what the fans are saying. I think most fans have been overwhelmingly positive though. I agree. And yeah. like, especially I mean, you can you're tell just having two dudes on Twitter. Maybe stand out. maybe it's just the Twitter people I follow. They're just so Yeah. But like I mean, he negative was on him. Shoot, he shot terribly against OKC, but then he made free throws to seal the game and he was like waving at the crowd like Hey, let's go, and j- and fans were loving it. He didn't do bad against. So I think it's I I think it's been Kings. mostly been overwhelmingly yeah. positive towards Mike Conley. Not in but terms the key, of like to the keyboard, great, but to the keyboard like, warriors hey. though. It's yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll give it. We're at game. We're game five tomorrow night against the Clippers. We're gonna talk about the upcoming season, but I give another probably ten games. I think twenty is a lot. I'm just saying, like, max out 20, so including what we've played. Yeah, well, so I'm saying another 10, so you get to 15. 20 is a, a lot to be like, oh, by, you know, game 19, he's still not feeling it. It's all right. <laughs> Give it another go around yeah. before you're worried. I'm not saying, like, make a change. I'm just no. saying before you're like, okay, yeah, I'm worried. What is about, going on here? Until yeah. <laughs> you're really like, shoot, send him to the stars. Because we, we gave him a lot of money, get, yeah. That'd actually be pretty sick. I'd be down to watch him on the stars. Send him to the stars. I know, to get I'd go his confidence see Mike back. Conley for ten bucks. That'd be interesting. Uh, so Mike Conley obviously isn't going to make this list, but your starting five, and obviously not positional, right? Just but starting five, five okay. of <clears throat> the players who have looked the best for the Jazz, or that you've been most impressed with. Do we want to just like give all of us each just give our top five? Do you want to go? Sneak? Let's start with number five. Okay. Let's see if I can get this thing to work again. Number five. My number five is Joe Jangles. Really? Joe Jangles is my number five. As one of the best looking players? Like who's looked the best this year? Mm-hmm. I mean, who else? Are you, I mean, just wait, because I don't know who else you're going to put ahead of him. I mean, I'm I mean, if anything, it. you've been disappointed with Joe, the way he shot the ball. 
I I would be okay. I agree with that. But then if I'm looking at everyone else who's been out there, and but like the, you honestly, gotta I was hold fighting. On, you got to look at it in a vacuum of like comparing <sighs> the player to who you thought that player was going to be. Like, yeah, Joe may be averaging more points than Jeff Green, but, but what right. did you expect so, I mean, from Jeff Joe? Green, as I mean, it was going to be. And if I was going to put anyone else at number five, it's going to be Jeff I mean, Green he's tw- shooting twenty six percent from three. Number five is Jeff Green for me. Jeff Green or even Moutier. Number five is Moutier for me. Okay, because that's who. Just I, because like there are times in the game I where I'm like, holy cow, Moutier is actually yeah. like and that's not who too I bad was fighting with. Yeah, that, that's what I was fighting with. That's on that. why I'm not super panicked on Mike Conley too, because it's not like, oh, Mike Conley stinks. Uh oh, we're screwed. We don't have a point guard. Moutier seems to be coming into his own. Moutier just takes the ball and attacks. That's man. what I like. I he just it. goes to the rack. There, there are times where he gets like tunnel vision on offense, and you're like, dude, what? Yeah, are you yeah it's doing? like the corner. Hey, the corner. <laughs> hey, the corner though. Hey, corner. Like, yeah. You know, toss He's just it like, out. I'm gonna just put my head down and dribble and just yep. like chuck it up. But then it's like half the time it goes in. You're like, whoa. And the finishes that he has. Okay. Is like, okay. Snap. All right. Yeah. There's some times where like. I mean, here's some of his. I mean, his per 36, Moutier, 18 and a half points, uh, five and a half steals, and his win share. Let's see. I want to see what his box plus minus is. I'm gonna have to scroll down to his advanced stats here. Um, his box plus minus. Uh, I mean, this is probably the most like shocking thing of all is his defensive box plus minus is plus two. So that's like defensively, that was yeah. like the like big concern for him. And he's looked great on offense at times. I mean, his box plus minus on offense isn't great. It's a minus one and a half. But, like, he makes plays where I'm just like, dang. Moutier, I didn't know you had that in You did this? You did these things? Uh, Devin just stepped out, but he didn't close the door. I got Uh, it. You got to close the door. Uh, So, Moutier is a guy, because, like, he came from the Knicks. He put up some decent numbers with New York. But you're always like, well, it's a crappy New York team. He was just, you know, filling stat sheets. But, like, he looks like he is a competent backup point guard. Absolutely. And that's why he came to the Jazz, because he's like, they're going to develop my talent, they're going to put me in good positions to be successful, and I'm going to impress. And with Conley not playing so well, he's getting his time. Yeah. He's getting all the time he, got he a needs. Lot of ti- he got a lot of time against Phoenix, because oh, Conley yeah. couldn't stay on the floor due to foul trouble. Exactly. But. Number four. Who's your number four, Number Alex? four is Royce O'Neal. And that dude, when you watch him play defense, I love it. I love how Just low good. for O'Neal, I think. Just, I, but I still think. The three players that are ahead of him are very fair to be ahead of him. Yeah. Royce O'Neal. His defense is outstanding. That Royce dude, has looked very, very good. He's a dog. That dude's a dog. And man, when he... <sighs> and he's kind of been what the Jazz need him to be. He's just a solid glue guy, great defender, yep. defend the perimeter, knock down open shots knock when down the, he when, gets those looks. When they just, yeah, the open kickouts, the driving kicks, that's what he's there for. His shooting... Is very impressive. So here's, I mean, here's some of the shooting numbers. Half of his three, half of his field goal attempts are from three. Yeah, he's knocking down uh, three point shots at a rate of fifty percent. That's amazing. So half of his shots are threes. Half of those threes are going in. Which is in. a huge improvement from the last couple of years. Huge improvement. Every single one of them assisted. Yeah, he's not made an unassisted three. That's what this offense. That's what needs, it, yeah. is you oh. move the ball. Bojan gets doubled in the corner. You kick it up to the you know the elbow three with the corner, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's not dead on, but that elbow, it's three. Yes, I guess, it's if you not know in the corner, but you're about to you hit the kick crest. it to Ro- you kick it to Royce there. He, he has the open look, assisted three. He's making him at a fifty percent rate. That's what you need from Royce O'Neal. Yep. In addition to his defense and his ability to guard the perimeter, yeah. um, that's why I have Royce higher than. Number three. My number four is Rudy. Okay. Just because offensively, I mean, Rudy's a guy, he set the record for dunks 
in a season the last like two years he had set the record and then he broke his own record the very next year only a third of his field goal attempts are dunks so far through four I games this season. But I can't completely blame that on him because a lot of that, we've had some, our passing as a team has been coming down low to dreadful Rudy. Has been terrible. Going especially yeah. specifically to Rudy. It's been so that's why I'm not, I, I can't look at the dunks. Because for me, but that's Rudy, why I can't say he's impressed because he's not getting see, those looks. I, he's not making those Rudy, looks. For Rudy, I put him on three because he, we don't win that Phoenix game without his free throw shooting. I know, but that's one game. That's one of We've the four. We've had four. That's one of the four. So, but it's just like that's why he's number four for me is because his defense and his free throw shooting. I mean, ninety percent free throws from Rudy is more than anyone could have. Oh my god, from him. <laughs> it's amazing. So that's why he's number four. He's not <clears throat> higher than that because the guys above him, Royce, is my number three. I already talked about why I've been so impressed with Royce. Yeah. But Rudy, defensively, and his ability to knock down free throws, has really compensated for the fact that offensively in the right. paint he has I mean, yeah, not there has been, been the force some that he's shots, been in the yeah. past couple of years i need that 33 percent field goal attempts of being dunks i need that number closer to 50 60 right. even percent because yeah. i don't want to be rudy, I don't want rudy I mean, taking hook shots i don't want uh-uh. him you know trying <laughs> layups <laughs> it makes you throw a gag when yeah. i see those rudy needs i mean heck 70 percent of his field goal attempts should be dunks yeah, and I that's agree. what Rudy does offensively, and then let him do his thing on the defensive end. So, do we just want to jump to number two, or as <laughs> so was your number three, Rudy? My number three was Rudy. Yeah, let's jump to number two. Uh, number two, Alex. Number two. So it was hard. I'm giving it to Boyan. Boyan's going to be my number two. It was. It's so close, neck and neck. Who's going to be number two or one between yeah, 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 him yeah, yeah. and Donovan? Because but think what I'm about saying it. is not who's looked the best, who's been the best player, but who's impressed you the most. Then okay, fine. If who's impressed me, wise, yeah, you know what? Screw it. Then yeah, do, number, number two will get to Donovan, Donovan Mitchell yes. because yeah, I mean, sure, game one against OKC, bad. he took that game into his hands though. Yeah, OKC, he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is my game. Those mid range shots dunk. that he was knocking, oh my, it just hey, it that was dunk. amazing. That was amazing, and it's just like, yeah, I mean, he's doing his job. He is doing yeah. his job, and it's just, but it's still that that Phoenix game. You could probably argue he would be number one, but I think that Phoenix game brought him back down. Right. Just because he, I mean, eight for 24, he shot just a touch over 50% from the free throw line. I mean, he made one of those free throws. Yeah, at the end. Thank goodness that it was a tie game and that one free throw he made was the game winning free throw. But but see, it's funny too. It's a good thing he did miss that last one because they would have given the Suns more time on the clock because they would have reviewed that. No, because you review that before you go to free throws. But So they still couldn't? I'm sure they could. No. You go to, you review that before because of this exact situation. Gotcha. Okay, but, well, then I mean, you way. can argue it's smart to miss the second I mean, one just there because no there was no time yeah. to catch and shoot. Right. But if the refs were reviewed it and they put the appropriate amount of time back yeah. on the clock, I mean, there's no way he, has, he, we, he We know he didn't purposely miss that. He missed it. Yeah, he missed it. He missed it. For but sure. it ended up working because there was only 0.4 seconds left on a right. missed shot. There's no time to get a rebound and turn and get a shot off. Yeah. But you got to have... I mean, the against the Suns was like the worst time to pick a night to have a terrible shooting yeah, performance because I, the Suns fans are always like, oh, Donovan's inefficient shot checker. Of course he has, you know, 24 points on 24 shot attempts. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened last night. Just not a great, great look. Yeah. It Donovan. was some bad, bad stuff. But then. Number one. Our boy. Bowie. Bowie on. 
Triple bogey. My goodness. The bogey man. He, I mean, listen, preseason, I was a little worried because, man, that dude could He looked so bad. He couldn't hit a shot to save his life. I was like, what is that? Pre-game against the Thunder, Quinn remarked in his media availability, he's like, I think uh, Bojan was just playing possum and missing those shots on on purpose. purpose? (laughs) Hey, man, I'll take it. He's like, but but then Quinn's like, but I'm not worried about it. Yeah. And now, look at him. I mean, the Jazz are 3-0 and yeah. when Bojan plays. Yep. Their one loss was him uh, sprained was, ankle. Yep. He's playing through a sprained ankle. And not only is he playing through a sprained ankle, but he's freaking lighting it up. Dude is driving to the hole, making great finishes, hitting some clutch shots, and getting the ball to where it needs to be. That yeah. dude comes in. If there's anyone on the team that doesn't have tunnel vision, that actually has like, can see out the back of his freaking head, it's Bojan. Because he's out here just... He's feeding the ball to where it needs to be. He's hitting the right lanes, picking the right shots. Some of them might be a little sketchy, but he's but making he's them. He's making them, so yeah. I don't care. He's shown the ability to do everything offensively. Absolutely. Everything. He Right now, field goal percentage, 53%. His three-point field goal percentage is 46%. 100% from the line, effective field goal percent. Field goal percentage of 65%. My goodness. His player efficiency rating is a 28 what can you ask? What else do you need him to do? I mean, there's nothing. <laughs> what, else, what else can you ask him to do? <laughs> his advanced stats, I mean, he has his box plus minus is eight. My goodness. His box plus minus is 8.3. Mm. He's never had a season in his career where he had a box plus minus in the positives. Now he threw four games. Granted, it's through four games, but his box plus minus is 8.3. My goodness. He, Bojan is, in fact, what makes this Jazz offense go. Right. And we saw that because he didn't play against L.A. and the Jazz looked dreadful offensively. Yeah. And he is last the main night, piece that we need to yeah. get the job done. I mean, Jazz fans who wanted Miritich. <laughs> hot seat. <laughs> yeah, hot seat for sure. Um, oh, but yeah, I mean, what a game. By Bojan. What a start to the season by Bojan. Absolutely fantastic. Let's, uh, fingers crossed that uh, oh, Conley can get it going. I, I want to see Conley sure in this top. So. I want to see Conley in the top five, you know, two the weeks. Next, the, the next, next time, time we do we this do podcast. This. He better be. The next time we do this podcast and we do our starting five of players who impressed. Yeah. I mean, with these upcoming uh, games, better we're be really going to need him. Um, looking ahead to the games that Conley is going to need to impress in. This is, I mean, if Conley's going to come alive, he's got to come alive this yeah, week. Right now. Because <laughs> this this six-game stretch for the Jazz, taking us to, I think, November 11th. Something like that. Which I, would be the next time we do this podcast, uh, is home tomorrow night against the Clippers. Then you go on the road to Sacramento. Then you're on the road against the Clippers. So you face the Clippers twice in a three-game period. Um, Clippers lost to Phoenix. It was weird. But I don't think that's who the Clippers are. No, I mean that's just one of those games where it's just like okay, like uh, whatever. Yeah, Philadelphia at home, Milwaukee at home. Which thank goodness you have those two teams at home. But those are two teams with championship aspirations. Absolutely. Then you're at on the road, brand new stadium in the Bay to take on the Warriors. Who the Warriors haven't looked good. Not at all. But the thing is, you can never chalk the Warriors up as Steph a win could, because Steph, Steph could, could go 50. off for fifty. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, you know, they've been to the last four NBA finals. So you can't really be like, oh, well, it's, you know, the Warriors aren't the Warriors anymore. No, yeah. it's Steph Curry and the Warriors. Right. You got to come to play. 
your prediction these next five, these next six games, what's your what record wise? What do you see the Jazz? Yeah. So I got them going four and two. That is, I really think it can do. Wow, it. I really think it can do it. So here's this out at home against the Clippers. I think we're gonna pull off a stunner. That if you're gonna beat the Clippers it's gonna own that. tomorrow, oh, night, absolutely, it's need to exactly. Be and I think we're it's gonna happen. And I think it's gonna not gonna be like a blowout or anything, but dang, like it's gonna be a low and scoring. They and they don't have Paul George. It's gonna so. be low scoring and just a punch fest. Like, but it's, yeah. but we're gonna pull that one out. We we beat Sacramento again. I just don't Sacramento's see... Sacramento's, look, I mean, I, they've already given up on the season. Yeah, I just don't see why we wouldn't beat them again. So there you go, 2-0 so far. Then, we, then we're, you know, back in L.A. against the Clippers. We will lose that game. We're not losing... We're yeah, not beating the Clippers I, in L.A. I think we're going to lose that game. And that's I don't, tough. I think we're going to lose by, like, 15 points. Like, it's going to be one of those things where it's like, gosh dang it. Like, yeah. we don't have a good game, and it's just not there. We come back home, and we beat Philly. Another close game, but we beat Philly. And then it's another close game at home, but we are going to lose in Milwaukee. I just, I don't get it, but we have such a hard time with Giannis. We just do. And I don't know if that's hard because to say, because in the preseason, I mean, I don't think we were really trying on the defensive side. But we beat, I mean, we beat Milwaukee in Salt Lake last year. Sure. But I just think with this roundup, like, I just think it's going to be hard. But I think we do lose to Milwaukee. And then when we get on the road to Golden State, I think we beat them. And I think we actually handle them pretty well. I don't hate it. Because I think our defense is strong enough to where we're going to shut Steph down. He's not going to put 50 on our head, and then we'll just do our job on offense. Um, I think... I want to say better than this, but I think two and four. No. Th- I, think if, I think if the Jazz can go three and three in this stretch, You're just, that would be a win. Okay. To go three and three, get wins, get one of the wins against L.A., Beat Sacramento and then Sacramento, what? Beat Philly and then like Gold, and then Golden State. Okay, so you I think, think if you beat the Clippers once or one, so we're of, gonna lose back to back home games. What you're thinking against Philly and Milwaukee? So I think I think the Warriors and Sacramento are should be wins. Those should be wins. Yes. And then I think if you can win one of the two Clippers or Milwaukee and Philadelphia, I think if you you get one of those. And I think you're good. I think you can come out of this six game stretch and say, "Okay, we that was good. that was rough, but we're we're alive. Yeah, we made it. Right. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I don't. Uh, I mean, maybe I'm just too optimistic, but man, we'll see. In two weeks from now, we'll see what the Jazz do. This has been the Anxious Note Podcast, guys. Thanks for listening. Go re- subscribe first and foremost. Yep. Um, set notifications on. If you're listening to this one, go to the other one. We told if you if you're, if you're a real goes, one, hop on over. <laughs> hop on over. Uh, this episode probably is not going to be up on Apple Podcasts, but it will be up on uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Obviously, you know that because you're listening to this, but subscribe, leave a review. Peace.